Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Manor Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host Ali, and joining me as always, we have Dave and Simon. How are we, chaps? Uh, not too bad, thanks. Yes, all good, thank you, Ali. Hopefully, um, the the podcasting world is back to normal, and the podcast will be released as a normal a normal medium this week. Um, how, how was your weekend, chaps? Anyway, I mean, football on a football on a side again. Um, all all good in the world. Yes, I things are things are back to normal in Shez uh, Black. Um, I've had a, a bout of sickness from, from everyone except me, thankfully, but uh, they're all back to full health now, so all good here. Yeah, I had a pretty decent weekend, obviously. Second week back at Villa Park, but I'm a little little worse for wear today as it ended up turning into an all day night session. So you'll have to I have to apologise if if I if I don't sound quite on form today. <laughs> Well, we're, we're going to start, as always, with a quiz. So um, it sounds like Simon's getting his excuses in there. <laughs> um, Dave, you are currently leading 2-0 um, in the two weeks. So, again, you get the choice, first or second. Oh, always first. Always first. So we are true or false this week. Oh. So question number one for yourself, Dave. It took Cristiano Ronaldo 27 games to score his first Champions League goal. Uh, that's got to be false. It is true. Oh, God. Simon, number one. The phrase, park the bus, arose when Josie Mourinho was forced to park the Chelsea team bus after the bus driver <laughs> fell ill. That, that sounds like something that could be true. I'm going to go true. <laughs> You've got away with one, Dave. Simon's at the opposite post. <laughs> <laughs> that is clearly false. <laughs> <laughs> um, apologies, everybody. Simon might still be drunk, not hungover. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two for yourself, Dave. Singer and Irish boy band Westlife, Nicky Byrne played for Leeds United before moving into music. Oh, it's 100% true, he's on Champ Man. <laughs> yeah, that's the question for you. 1 0, Dave. Sorry, did I tell you the time you tweeted? Did I no. about this stat? Oh, right, well, he did. I mean, that was so much of a story, but he just was like, oh, shows me stats, so I did. And my wife <laughs> was very jealous that I'd essentially spoken to Nikki from Westlife, and she had... Anyway, as you were. <laughs> I'm, like, I, I'm, with, I'm with the wife, like, I'm quite... <laughs> Westlife are heroes to me. It's more important than the quiz. Sack the quiz off. Tell me more about them. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Nikki Bourne, what a guy. Question number two, Simon. Sir Alex Ferguson managed the Scotland national team. Oh, God. This... False. It is true. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't think we have to sack this quiz off soon. 
1-0 Dave. Question number three, Dave. Liverpool legend Kenny Dalglish is known as King Kenny because he is related to the British royal family. That's got to be false. <laughs> it is false. They're all, they're all like Greek, aren't they? <laughs> Greek, German, yeah, definitely not Scottish. <laughs> Question number three, Simon. Frank Lampard has scored more Premier League goals than Thierry Henry, Robbie Fowler and Michael Owen. Uh, true. 2-1. Correct answer. Dave, Bayern Munich star Thomas Muller is a keen chess player and once won a Bavarian chess tournament. That sounds true, to be honest. I'm going to say true. It is false. Oh, God. We'll come back in. It, was so, it was so detailed. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Bavarian chess Not just a chess tournament. It was the Bavarian chess tournament. Question number four for yourself, Simon, to, to equalise. Former Brazil and Barcelona star Ronaldinho spent time in prison after being found to have used a fake passport. Uh, true. Correct. Two all. Last last question for yourself, Dave. David Beckham took ballet lessons during his time at Man United in order to improve his agility. Probably true. Yeah, why not? I I probably would have went true as well because it's so believable, but it is false, I'm afraid. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's open right up. Simon, can you get your first point of the season? Brazil icon, <laughs> Brazil icon Pele once starred in a Hollywood movie alongside Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone. Ah, true. Escape to victory. Escape to victory. Everyone's seen Escape to victory, surely. I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sylvester Stallone's a goalkeeper, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have known that for you. We would have known that. I had no idea. Well, two one Simon in the series. Two one Dave in the series. I wasn't sorry. back. Get in. <laughs> Good work, sorry. Well done. That's, that's our second penalty's lost this week as well. I guess we really we lost to Burnley on pens on Wednesday night, which, as you know, like annoys me for many, many reasons. So, uh, <laughs> it was nothing to do with the football. <laughs> I thought you used one on penalties. No, don't be, don't, don't be daft. We had. <laughs> We had 18 shots on goal, um, three of which were on target, and they had about some like one shot on target all night. Got the pens, and of course one on pens. So, did, uh, did you see the uh, the picture before the penalty shootout? I was doing the rounds of the all the players in the like huddled together, and Bruce has just stood out on the outside of his own. Yeah, I did see that. But the thing is, as you'll know from his time at Villa, like. Bruce has got this stupid superstition where he won't watch pens, so I assume he was just taking himself off to, I don't know, have a tug whatever he does during these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. I hate it. I, I, just, I, mean, I just, I'd hate him. I hate his guts. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we, we lay into Steve Bruce, let's save that for when it comes to the to the actual game, Dave, because I feel we'll um, we'll run onto that there. But let's start with the football and the uh, the early kickoff. We have title challengers five, Man City, against relegation candidates Arsenal zero. Now I did mention to you a little funny anecdote. So Spurs have as many points as Arsenal have conceded goals so far this season. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal have scored as many goals as Arsenal as Spurs have conceded this season. Quite nice symmetry there. Jesus. <laughs> one being at top and one at the bottom. So just yeah, just to get that little dig into Arsenal. But um, 
we mentioned last week when when City beat Norwich that this is what they're going to do to teams of that calibre. And, and I know we poking prod at Arsenal, but they really are at that level at the moment, aren't they? Thanks. As soon as the teams came out and Arsenal decided to go with three centre halves, which were Chambers, Holding, and Klasenac, you just thought, Jesus. What, what, what is the point? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you, you might as well have just played like all your forwards and just tried to outscore them because you're not going to keep them out like with those three. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dear God, I mean, they've been trying to flog Klasenac for years now. I think Chambers has been out on loan several times, and Rob Holden gets linked with the loan move every transfer window. Those two were never going to stop the champions, were they? Like, it was an appalling selection. And, I, uh, I didn't know that Kolasinac was still at the club until I saw him in starting. Well, he went on loan at Schalke, didn't he? And of course, Schalke got relegated with like a minus. So, he, you know, he obviously fits right in with their current form. But it, honestly, like, add all them in and put. Who are we going to protect them with? Xhaka uh, and, well, apparently. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know, Smith Rule and Odegaard and Saka and I mean, it was just just appalling, really. Like the Arsenal could be in this situation, but as soon as Man City scored, it was game over. And obviously, the red card meant it was going to be it was going to get ugly. And I think they're lucky that Man City kind of eased off at four and just settled for five in the end. Yeah, they just kind of they did toy with them after that fourth goal went in and just almost treated it like a training session. Uh, Simon, did you? I mean, did you see much of this? Um, uh, yeah, I saw. Um, I saw. I saw, I saw uh, the second half of it um, in the pub before the Villa game. But you just kind of obviously look back at match of the day and watched it. And I mean, I don't think anyone expected Arsenal to get anything out of it. Um, you know, the red card obviously didn't help, but. Is anyone surprised when you see that Xhaka's got a red card or booking? I mean, he the the whole thing with Xhaka is is like a perfect summation of of what seems to be going on at Arsenal. They spent all summer trying to flog him, and all of a sudden he's like their captain now for some games. So it's just, yeah, it's I, just ridiculous. I just don't understand that at all. Why he was obviously like pretty close to leaving, I think, by all accounts, in, in the summer. And then the point was your captain. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I thought they'd already, I thought they'd already given the captaincy to Aubameyang. Did that, did that happen or did I dream that? I thought they had as well. But, I mean, it's not like he's been a, a model of professionalism since he's been given the captain's armbands. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, to be honest, the whole team reminds me a little bit of, like, you know, the Newcastle team that got relegated in 2008, um, 2008-2009 when it was, you know, a load of, like, big, big names. Didn't give a shit <laughs> and fundamentally yeah. went down. Um, now, I don't think Arsenal are going to go down because, you know, Premier League football's changed an awful lot in the last 15 years to the point where there are a lot of terrible teams who will be worse than Arsenal. I mean, let's, let's be right, Arsenal wouldn't have won this game with the, whatever their best 11 is, regardless. They wouldn't have beaten Chelsea with whatever their best 11 is. So, all right, the Brentford loss is bad, but I, I don't think it's entirely you know, fair to say, well, Arsenal are relegated. Because they've lost to Chelsea and Man City, it's just it's going to get better for them, believe it or not. But it won't be this hard every week. But I, I think with with these the losses to um to Chelsea and Man City, you're right. Obviously, no one's expecting them to to go and get anything from those games. But it's the worrying thing for me, if I was an Arsenal fan, is it's the way they've lost them. Like there's ways to lose games of football. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, they it just it looks like they just don't care at all. And I get the point you're saying. As as fun as it is to like keep jibing away at them, that it's very unlikely that they're going to go down. But the what they need to be careful at is if you think in not uh, just using Villa as an example in the. Uh, when Martin O'Neill was in charge, we had three six-place finishes in the row from lights like 2007-2010, and we had a really good team. If we, I think that 2010 season, we got to the FA Cup semi-final, League Cup final, finished sixth. If you'd have said at the end of that season, within five years, that team will be relegated, you'd have gone, well, I, no, I don't see that happening at all. Now, I'm not saying that Arsenal were going to get relegated in five years. But it's very, you can, the, the decline can set in very quickly at clubs, and especially a club that's as rotten as they are. They're definitely on a downward trajectory as well. Like this, this, as you say, there's, there's very few positives other than, you know, Saka, Smith, Rowe, um, and a handful of others are, you know, young enough to potentially carry them forward. But they've just got no defenders. <laughs> 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 And, and, I, and I don't think 30 million on Aaron Ramsdale is going to help, to be quite honest with you. I mean, really? He won't give you I, know, I know, I mean, I, I mean, he, he's, he's a good young keeper in, in some ways and he's a good shot starter, but is he any better than Leno? I wouldn't have said he was, to be quite honest with you. He's obviously younger and will be around for a while, but uh, I don't really, you know, I don't see how he's going to go from being relegated with Sheffield United to suddenly make an arsenal this you know, sound defensive unit. They might as well have kept David Louise, to be quite honest with you, because no one they've got's better than him. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I don't you know, I don't think think David Louise was the greatest defender of all time, but when he was good he was very good and with with the current lot, when they're good they're average. Like that's kind of where where we're at now. Um Ben White I, mean, I know he's missed these last couple of games through, through COVID but He's got a hell of a task on to, uh, to try and show that defensive. I've been trying to find a, like a, an overview of the centre back signings, you know, that Arsenal have made because, as you say, they they have no centre back. But I feel they have spent a lot of money in the last, you know, six seven years. Say, their net their, their net spend over the last three years has been two hundred and sixty million, and I don't see why I can't work out where that's gone. No, oh, it's mad. I mean, Gabriel, Gabriel, the centre-half, he, he yep. would be out injured at the minute. He's, he looked reasonable on his day. Besides another centre-back, who they seem intent on just loaning out. They never play him. Um, I can't remember what his name is now, but um, he's he's popped off back to France, I think. Um, is that that pa- Stoffelis one? No, no, he's long. I think he, he, was from, he was from Dortmund, wasn't he? He's long gone now, but um, I can't remember what his name was. Something like Salabu, I want to say, but I might be wrong. Um it, he cost a fortune to be loaned back out. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. Like, how low do you think Arsenal can go before Arteta gets binned? Well, they've, they've got Norwich after the international break and then Tottenham after that. I think if they lose them two games, then I think he'd. I could see him getting the chop then. Yeah. I mean, if they lose to Norwich at home, that's a, that would be a real concern. Um, it's one thing, you know, going to Brentford for their first Premier League game and losing without really laying a glove on them, but to uh, uh, to lose at home to Norwich, who also, you know, winless and pointless so far. 
I think that would be quite quite worrying, wouldn't it? Yeah, I just I, I don't see anything changing anytime soon for them. I know we're having like things at them and that. They've no identity. They've no. They're they're all, they're almost doing what Chelsea did last year, just signing players for the sake of signing them. Whereas Chelsea signed good players, so it's always going to get them through. <laughs> they're signing like almost it's almost the worst of the worst. Well, but like Ben White's not terrible. I think we all agreed that the first and second, well, first game of the season. Sorry, he's not a terrible. He's not fifty million, but that's the, the almost the English tax on it. But he's not what they need. He's not the type of centre back that they need. Their only leader in the team is their left back, who has occasional absolute howlers, like he did in the Chelsea game. He was a bit all over the shop. But he's also playing. It's like he must look around, thinking, "What am I doing here? <laughs> like, like, what have I got to work with?" Like you, could, you genuinely couldn't put like prime Messi in this team, and <laughs> it seems successful. You know, you, you genuinely need two centre backs, a right back, a goalkeeper. Um, they've needed a defensive midfielder, a holding midfielder since Patrick Vieira left, which was what sixteen years ago. <laughs> um, I mean, they've got a striker who really doesn't care, who's on three hundred odd thousand pound a week. Um, yet the fans are still saying that Ozil was the problem, the one you know, the player they didn't want to play with. <laughs> but don't worry, because they signed Martin Odegaard for forty million. Yeah, because creativity seems to be their issue. Forget about conceding goals. Yeah, we needed a player who didn't really do that well for us the season before, but. It's just, yeah, it's just strange. Um, uh, are we all in well, agreement that Arteta is going to be the first out the door? Well, I mean, I mean he's got rid of Willian. I mean, that might help. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> um, I think right now, yes. I think uh, he's got to be favoured for the old sack. But uh, as we said last week, I mean, uh, who do you go and get? Yeah, well, this is, that's a good mm. To go, to, 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 to go through a whole transfer window, letting them buy who he wants and then sacking them off, seems like a waste of time after four games. Like you, you know, unless you've got someone great lined up to come in, which I can't imagine they'll be lined up to do because it's it's a bit of a difficult job, isn't it? Like with the current squad, and you've got the you know Aaron Ramsdale waiting for you. So you're thinking <laughs> that, that's a negative as well, isn't it? Get the clean sheet midweek, though, Dave. He certainly did. They, they, should, they, I mean, they absolutely pummeled West Brom's reserves into the ground. I mean, yeah, that under twelve team didn't stand a chance. <laughs> um, uh, on Man City, I mean, is there much to add here, or is it just a bit like we said about the Norwich game? You know, Man City are a very good team, and playing against teams like like Arsenal, this that's almost a formality result. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they almost don't get the credit anymore, do they? Because it's just expected. Yeah. If they, if they play against teams who make it easy for them, they will win. And that's, uh, you know, like, it allows Pep to get his jollies playing like Jesus on the right wing, just just cause. <laughs> to be too, too, obvious, <laughs> too, too obvious to blame as a centre forward, so I'll play him on the right. And he'll pick, up, he'll pick up three assists again. And, you know, this is all without De Bruyne as well. So. Yeah, uh, no Foden. Yeah. The, the, I mean, obviously, we haven't really spoken about Kane yet. He's he's not going now. It doesn't look like they're going to get someone else instead, um, which is brave. I think it makes them winning the Champions League less likely. I don't know I mean, if you think any differently. But. No, I, I agree completely. And, I mean, I mean, we'll come on to the player more in the long run, but I do believe Man United's most recent signing would have actually been more suited at City 
than at United. But I mean, we'll come on to that in more detail when we discuss discuss United and just in general. But I, I do feel that I was surprised that it didn't go more more for him, and they would have got the whole you know the the media go of of, of the name as well at the same time. But yeah, I think they I think they can win the league obviously with the squad they've got, but to push on more than one front, I think they'll be struggling without a. Almost unless unless Ferran Torres and and Jesus like become like those twenty five goals a season striker, but I don't think any of us in here can see that anytime soon. Well, I think playing like Ferran Torres playing as a striker the win for Man City and uh, against teams as I say like hey, he looks fantastic because he just lost it. All he has to do is loot around the six yard box and he will score because yeah. they just they score the same goal every week where it gets played inside the fullback. <laughs> one one of the nippy wingers runs down and squares it across and it's you know it, it looks very very simple and it's I mean, Pep Guardiola's Man City must have scored probably forty or fifty goals like that across his time there. Like yeah, every Sterling goes like that. Every single. <laughs> oh, I mean it's it's like clockwork, isn't it? I mean, it, when Salah was there, it was probably you know more apparent, but uh, they're getting back to that sort of thing now. Um, they're, they're very efficient and uh, you know. When it's, when it's made easy for them, they'll, they'll batter most teams. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the, you know, the, the big games this season because it's uh, you know th- those teams have all strengthened. And I'm not sure Man City have strengthened that much. I know Grealish is a, is a good player, very good player in fact, but um, is he that much better than what they already had? Probably not. It's just you know increase the increase the depth somewhat. Yeah. Um, well, we'll use that as the the perfect segue. Obviously, using Grealish as the as the team there, and we'll come on to your team, Simon. Obviously, you were at the game. Uh, a disappointing draw in the end, um, perhaps, but a one-all draw with newly promoted Brentford. Um, yeah, you, obviously, at home against a newly promoted team, you should be looking for three points. We've um, we were hit with a, a bit of a COVID outbreak again and injury crisis, so. Begin, John McGinn and Jacob Ramsey both tested positive, um, so they, but that, not, not until the Friday, so very late change there. Tyro Mings has got a cracked rib, so he had to drop out quite late. So we had, you know, them three missing, um, Leon Bailey and Chayore won't be back fit until after the international break, and obviously Ollie Watkins was only on the bench, only come on for the last 10 minutes, so there's five players that could quite legitimately claim to be in our first, you know, in our uh, strongest eleven. So you sort of take that into account, and you know, if you'd have if you'd have said last season that you go into a game with five first team players missing and no Jack Grealish, and you would still be pretty comfortable in that ninety minutes, that just wouldn't have happened last season. So I think it kind of does show that the squad overall has strengthened because we. It was a bit like the Newcastle game, to be honest, in that we weren't we weren't great, but we weren't bad either. It was just an okay performance. Um, so conceding an early goal, managed to get back in it quite quickly with a brilliant goal from Brent Diaz. Probably the one bit of the absolute genuine quality throughout the ninety minutes to get his goal, and then we kind of we didn't. If there was going to be a winner, it, was, it would have been Villa, but we didn't really press them enough and, and create many clear-cut chances. Uh, I kind of I expected a little bit 
a little bit more from Brentford, to be honest. Um, I mean, having said that, they will probably think, you know, as a newly promoted team, to go away from home and get a point is a good result, which really obviously is a good result. But they, I thought they might have come and had a, a bit more of a go, but they, from probably minute one, you could see their plan was to, to settle up to, to just try and nick a point, um, which you can't blame them for. So for us, there's some of our fans on Twitter have had a massive overreaction, but actually being in the ground itself, there was, there was no real complaints or anything. I think everyone just kind of accepted this is not going to be our first choice team for the most of the season. Um, the one big positive apart from uh, Brendan's goal, was Carney Chucklemaker, 17-year-old kid, made his first start for us. And he's, uh, he looks like he could have a, he could have quite a decent career in the game. He's, you know, for someone so young, he's got a really good uh, stature about him. He's a really big lad. But he's, he's quite happy to take the ball in tight spaces and keep possession and take people on. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him a bit more. I think I might have, when we did the uh, preview pods before the season started, I think I mentioned him as our one like young player to watch. So um, yeah, disappointing not to come away with three points since the start of the season's been average, I'd say. But I think there's, we've as I said, you know, there's a lot of players come back from injury, number of new players that still need to get integrated. So I'm not in any way, shape or form, panicking or worried at all. I'm still pretty confident we'll have a decent season once we get up and running. Yeah, Dave, come to you on that. I mean, a bit, a bit on both teams, it's, it really is still a settling-in period for um, for Villa with the, the say, life of it, Grealish, new signings and, and Brentford. I mean, undefeated so far in the, in the league and it's, obviously it's a great sign, but it's, it's not really a surprise, is it? I mean, we kind of had a bit of an expectation on them and they're almost like this year's uh, Sheffield United, you know, when they first come up, they they're just they're riding that crest of a wave just now. Yeah, I mean, I think I said beforehand, I I, I didn't know why everyone was so excited about Brentford because you know fundamentally they were the playoff winners, um, and I thought people were sort of maybe overexpecting from them a little bit. But when you get a you know a, a win in your first game, I think it obviously gives you a bit of a boost. Um, so Arsenal weren't much of an opposition that first night. They, they went to Palace, who were massively in flux and got a got a bit of a, a board draw. And then this result yesterday looks great on paper, but as I said, Villa were missing most of their attacking outlets, to be quite honest with you. And uh, they got a draw, which is a great result for them. Um, as far as probably at the start of the, start of the day, they said, yeah, let's take a point. But as soon as they saw the teams... Probably similar to us last week, should have really gone for a bit more. And, uh, it was nice. Please for Tony to get his first goal. It's always difficult for strikers who've been, you know, lethal at championship level. Uh, I think there's a lot of expectation. Can can they step up? Um, so I'm pleased for him to get off the mark. But uh, I think uh, I think we'll see more about Brentford when they, when you know maybe after the national break when it's a bit more a bit more settled. Um, I think they've been a little bit fortunate so far with some of the games they've had, so we'll just see how they get on in the, as the season draws on. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll just come straight next to you again, Dave, and a 2 all draw at home to Southampton. I mean, obviously Southampton riding high after that, that draw with United last week, but we're, we're almost almost a full team as such. Obviously, the, such a late wise I will add, and it was a 96-minute penalty, which cost somebody £250,000 on Super 6. Um, but 
that's a three points that you really needed, isn't it, when you're at home? Yeah, home. oh, 100%, but we, we, we didn't deserve anything out of this game. My Southampton. Oh, really? Southampton could have been out of sight by half time. We were awful to the point where every time the ball went anywhere near Bruce in the dugout, he was getting booed by his own fans, which he thoroughly deserves because he's, as we know, totally hopeless. Um, it just isn't working. Like we finished last season on a bit of a quest for a wave, and we thought we maybe turned a corner, but it's looking more and more apparent that basically we were playing opposition who had checked out, and we obviously needed the points to stay up. So maybe that affected how things played a little bit um, whatever's going on we, are, we aren't playing well um, the defence is I don't know why we bother playing three centre-backs because none of them seem to mark anybody or do anything they're just they're just there <laughs> it's, um, it, it's it's very odd and obviously he's playing two wing-backs in Murphy and Ritchie who um, are useful going forward but seem to be offering less and less going the other way Um He's doing nothing about it. That's three ga- three games now where we've conceded now eight eight goals against you know West Ham, Southampton, and Villa, which was teams, but they're not exactly you know the top six. Um, or you know West Ham could possibly make an argument for it, but they're, they're not Man City's or Liverpool's of this world. And we're, we're leaking goals against against these sides. Um, I still don't think we'll go down, but I'm I'm very concerned with what's going on at the minute. And our first game back after the national break is Man United away, which is going to be Ronaldo's second debut. And I just it's just <laughs> going to be it's going to be very 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 ugly. <laughs> I, I'm not looking forward to it. So it's um, it's grim. It's always quite grim up here. But uh, I'm I'm on a massive down about the whole place at the minute. It's. Uh, and you know, give Graham Jones a lot of credit when things are going well, but I think you know if if we have to give him credit when it's going well, we also have to ask what the hell's going on when it's when it's not going so well. So, so I hope they use these two weeks wisely. I hope they realise that whatever we're doing at the minute doesn't work, because um, possibly could work. I know we're missing Shelby, who has his detractors and has his faults, but you can deny he really does knit this together because he is the only one who can pass the ball and. I don't know if you saw the match of the day sort of analysis last night, but you know we went ahead in the 91st minute on the counter attack, which is the only way we know how to play. Seemingly, uh, we then gave the ball away five times in injury time, um, fundamentally leading to giving away a penalty and, and obviously the equaliser. Um, that's just piss, that's yeah. piss poor. Like that's schoolboy stuff. Like just keep the ball, or better yet, put it in the corner, put it in the stand, like do anything with it, but don't keep giving it back. <laughs> like. So so poor. So there's a load to work on. I suppose it's, it makes a nice change for not being able to score a goal. Um, we now just can't keep them out. So um, <laughs> Wilson and Sam Maxman look great. Everyone else needs to uh, needs to do some work. I think. So as I say, hopefully these next two weeks can uh, can be used for good. And hopefully, I said someone, Graham Jones or whoever else is, is, is. I suppose Jones will be going over to England again, so that won't be much good. <laughs> but. Let Steve Bruce get his claws at them for two weeks, and what a what a change that'll make. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Can only imagine. I mean, Simon, I'll come over to you. I mean, much more to add on that. And obviously, we were kind of the first couple of weeks, obviously before the Man United draw, we were almost quite negative on on Southampton. We were obviously quite worried, not so much negative, worried for them. Um, are they showing enough signs? Do you think in the last couple of games? 
that they, they might be okay in the end. Yeah, I mean, Dave's right that the game could have been done and dusted in the first half. From what I saw, if, uh, if Gineppo had had his shooting boots on, he could have been three or four. Um, so Southampton, yeah, as you say, I was quite worried about them, really, at the start of the season, just having sold um, Ings and Vestergaard and not really replaced them of, of players of similar quality at all. So I think um, they've they have still got some decent players in the midfield as well. So I think maybe from like a, a relegation point of view, uh, I, I think they, they'll probably be OK. Um, they've obviously like shown a bit of fight about them. But um, my worry, is, I suppose, is that as the season goes on, is Shea Adams and Armstrong, are they going to, are they going to be a consistent source of goals for them? And that's something that, that could be an area of concern. Um, as you say, as you sort of get into the middle part of the season. Um, but no, they've, <coughs> they've, they've been impressive the last two weeks. You know, they, they were poor against Everton on the opening day, but arguably could have got all three points against Man U last week and, Certainly should have got all all three points on the weekends. So yeah, they've they've actually done a lot better than I thought they were going to do. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm trying to look at the the fixtures. Um, I think we'll, we'll. I mean, Brighton losing at home to to Everton, bit of a shock. Um, Rafa's quietly going about his job really well there. Um, I don't know if much you got to add to there, and and also Leicester obviously coming away with a two one win at Norwich. Uh, Leicester aren't really quite finding their groove from from the season before. I think uh, Le- Leicester's big promise is they're missing so many defenders at the minute. Um, yeah. Not helped by Soju, who's been very reliable for them the last couple of seasons. It's been an absolute disaster recently. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> I mean, he obviously pretty much gave away a goal on Monday night when he just passed the ball back to Antonio, who you know is obviously on fire at the minute and. Uh, on uh, on Saturday, he seemed, I think he gave the ball away for the penalty, or certainly for a chance or something. But he didn't seem to be holding together. Um, they missed Johnny Evans, who's um, a very you know calm head back there. Um, and I think Vestergaard's been injured since the bottom as well. So there's um, that's a big thing for them at the minute. I think if they can get their their first choice defenders back, they'll be all right. But uh, right now that they're struggling a bit to keep them out, um, and that obviously affects you going forward as well. I don't think they really know how to play. With they had a lot of success last season with with two strikers, because Barnes was out injured and now Barnes is back. They've got him on the left. They've got sort of Madison and Perez, and you know they've, they've tried a few different things up there. I think they're, they're better with two strikers. Um, yeah. Although you know Barley had a nice return to form um, on Saturday, so maybe there's some some green shoots there. Yeah, Simon. Any more to add on? On Leicester and, and again the, the job that Rafa's doing at Everton. Uh, Leicester, I think Dave sort of pretty much hit the nail on the head. There's just these the defensive injuries that that are probably knackering them a little bit at the moment. Uh, with Everton, I, yeah, I'm quite surprised really. Um, I I don't I don't even know what to expect from them uh, at the start of this season because obviously. I think Rafa was a universally popular appointment amongst the Everton fan base, and they've kind of they had well a couple of disruptions in in pre-season, which I don't really need to go into, I don't think. And um, they've they've seemed to have suffered over the last couple of years of chopping and changing managers, and like having a sort of 
strangely put together squads of you know, squad of players put together by about four or five different managers, but he's he's a good manager. I mean, Dave has waxed lyrical on a number of occasions about about Rafa's abilities, you know, the job he did at uh, Newcastle and I think you're you're quite a fan of his as well from his yeah. time at Liverpool. So I, it's no, it shouldn't really be a surprise because he's a he's a good manager, and he's got some good players to work with. You know, Richardson can be frustrating at times, but he, he's he's a quality footballer. Calvert Lewin in the last eighteen months has shown himself to be very capable Premier League striker, and he seems to be. So far, getting a, a good tune out of Damari Gray, who's someone that I remember it was him coming through as a youngster at Birmingham City. I've got quite a few mates who are Blues fans, and they they raved about him uh, as as a kid. And when he went to Leicester, I kind of expected him to to kick on a bit because I'd you know seen him play and heard so many good things about him. And for one reason or another, it just never worked out for him there. But I think he's he's still he's still young enough that with the right manager with someone like Rafa he can sort of get his career going again so yeah he's done an impressive job there one and a half million as well for Gray is an absolute steal in today's market yeah well that's it because even if it it's it's almost a a gamble to nothing isn't it like if it doesn't work out great oh well you know you'll make more selling them off a few good performances in the Premier League than than you all paying for them so it's 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 great business regardless um, I again a bit like yourself, Dave. I mean, I'm sure you agree that wherever Rafa goes, you you know the type of performances you're going to get out of him. You know he's he's going to improve you. He's going to he's going to set. He'll leave the club in a better position, in better shape when he leaves. Whether the club do anything with it, but the the, the players that he'll have will be much more organised, much more trained tactically. Um, his signings will be quite astute, I'd imagine. Everton, especially because he's working on budget, as we mentioned, the Mary Gray one. Um, so whether it works at Everton or not, the, I think the jury will still be out. I think he could win the league with them, and I, I genuinely think there'll still be a section of that fan base. Well, um, no, I mean, they fundamentally don't deserve him for the way they've tried to win since he's come in, but yeah. he um, he will get the results. Um, he's doing it with, you know, one and a half million on Gray and Townsend for free, and he's already made them look, you know, a lot more potent than they did an Angelotti. Um, Who got the full backing. Well, exactly. Um, they're also getting Rondon on a free transfer, which um, people, again, will scoff at it, but he is basically a good backup to, to Calvert-Lewin. Um, yeah. For nothing. Like, it's obviously, you cost wages, but Everton owned by a billionaire, so I don't think that would be much of a problem. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I am... Um, yeah, I'll come on to the West Ham Palace game, and the reason I wanted to talk about it so much, I think you mentioned you mentioned the players specifically, Dave and, and Michael Antonio. Um, the the last couple of seasons for Antonio, Antonio has become one of when he's when he's on form and when he's fit, might be the most dangerous player in the Premier League. If he was three four years younger, you know, and, and had maybe played in this position the whole time at West Ham rather than trying to play as a wing back. He'd definitely be a bigger club, right? Yeah, absolutely no doubt. He's, uh, he's if you look at like on Monday night, he was pretty much unplayable. Mm-hmm. Like he was absolutely remarkable. Like, and he should be. Like for his, you know, his physical attributes totally play into the way West Ham set up and you know, go about their business. 
Um, he must be great to work with as like a you know if you're if you're Ben Rama or Four Niles or or you know whoever else they're playing behind him. Like he is an absolute dream because he can hold up, he can run in behind, he can finish, he can head. He, I mean, he's just you know he's the full he's the full lot, and he's uh, it's a shame he's taken till he's like thirty to hit, hit this point. Yeah. But you know, Slavin Bilic thought he was a right back, so what can he do? <laughs> <laughs> but his story as well. I mean, the the, the clubby, the the youth side and the amateur side sort of thing that he came from was not even like in the. You know, he wasn't even in like a Chelsea development in London. It was just like a local borough. It's just, um, I think the story is just phenomenal. And I don't, there's not many players like who who Liverpool can come up against specifically that you know that ultimately scare me as much as he does. And that's crazy to think that I, I'm more scared of playing against uh, Michael Antonio than than coming up against Lukaku yesterday. Um, he's just, he's got. Just he's a raw power in pace, Simon. Yeah, oh, he's he's brilliant. I mean, Dave said the Monday night against Leicester, he was he was phenomenal. And considering obviously he didn't start out his uh, sort of career as a professional but as a striker, the the quality of the goals yeah. that he scores it's not. It's, I mean, obviously he's a you know he's a big, tall, powerful player, so. Um, you know, putting balls into the box and him you know, powering headers in is obviously a part of his game. But this, he's not the, he's not someone that that's all he can do. I mean, the, the two goals he got against Leicester on Monday, they, they were both so brilliant. The first one was a lovely little touch and turn, and the second one was a really smart finish. And his goal yesterday, um, you know, he's powering through, smashing it with his weaker left foot. Yeah, he's, he's he's become over the last what maybe eighteen months, two years. He he's developed into well, you'd have to say one of the best centre forwards in the Premier League, and he's yeah, just 100%. If, if he the biggest thing for West Ham, as you know, we've all kind of said before, is if he's they need to keep him fit for the whole season. If he can stay fit for the whole year, there's no reason they couldn't finish in the top six again. Because yeah. they've got they've got good players around him as well. Ben Rama has um, it took him a while to to step up to the Premier League last season, but he looks like a really good player. Fornells looks like he's really settled into the league now. Um, yeah, he's, David Moyes has, has built built a really good squad of players, there, and and Antonio is is the the linchpin for it all, isn't he? I think they've added uh, Zuma to the mix as well, so you may yeah. say, you may say well, you know. Gave away a couple of goals yesterday. Um, put Zuma in that back line and it becomes better. I think if you get the Zuma who was at Chelsea last season and Everton the year before that, it's pretty pretty good. Like you know, he's uh, he's still still got a lot to offer at both ends as well. I think he's actually pretty good at attacking the uh, mm. the box and set pieces as well. So again, West Ham are good at that as well. They, they get quite a lot from set pieces, so it's a great sign for them. Um, it's you know, I hate to say it, but it's a really good time to be a West Ham fan. They uh, they're living their best life, as the youth would say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I I think I don't have them very high in our prediction. I just thought it might have been a a one season thing, but I feel um yeah, I feel I might look like stupid um, come the end of the season. Well, um, I mean, the Europa League will make or break them. You know, that yeah. they might use that as a springboard and say, look, you know, we're playing great opposition every week. Let's keep our levels high. Or might just knock them out. They they look like um, the Everton's uh, Dave, David David Moyes' Everton up there. We you know 
when he had a really good Everton team that were finishing sort of fifth, sixth, seventh, they 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 they've got that look about them. He looks like he's 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 got himself uh, he's he's got his mojo back really, hasn't he? As a manager, when you think you know, I think we've said before after his time at United and Sunderland, like you thought he's he's done as a as a Premier League manager. So I think he he deserves an awful lot of credit really. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I mean, I, I know it's a, it's almost a lazy comparison, you know, keep comparing them to the Everton side, but this West Ham side is very comparable if you look at the, the players and the type of players he's got in the, each position as well. You could almost correlate it to, you know, the Everton team. Like, let's be honest, Antonio probably isn't, you know, your typical striker. Tim Cahill wasn't a number nine, but how dangerous was he through the middle? You know, yeah. uh, Kufal and Suchek, I, I don't know which one's which. But basically, it's 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 Coleman and uh, what's his name, Fellaini, you know, all over again, you know, balls into the box and big man, but not only just a big man, you know, just that type of link-up player. It, it is a very very similar, and as you say, Moyes de- definitely definitely has his mojo back almost, and got that bit of confidence about him, almost a bit of swagger the way he's talking. You know, he almost has that belief back in himself again. Um, I, I genuinely, I think we, we all we've all hinted at it at certain points. West Ham have definitely got the potential to have a, a really good season this year. Um, last game on the Saturday night was is, was arguably the the biggest of the weekend. Um, two of the, I think one you you guys' favourites for the title and and a team I still believe are are, are far better than than Chelsea. But it's a very disappointing one one draw, Dave. Um, I mean, once the red card went in, it was almost inevitable how the how the game was going to go. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea looked like they'd done a job on you for 45 minutes, to be quite honest. They, they almost put it in the perfect way. You know, they turned up, they soaked up your early pressure, and then they start to get more and more of a foothold in the game and set piece. Um, and you start to think, we, you know, maybe we are seeing potential champions here. It's a bit of, you know, almost like a Mourinho type performance from Chelsea. I mean, good Mourinho. Um, and then the penalty incident <laughs> happened. Um, which is 100% a penalty in a red card. I don't see how anyone can argue it's not. Um, <laughs> some can. But, uh, I know some can and some might, but um, you can't handball on the line and not get red carded. Like, it's just But it insane. hit his knee, Dave. It hit his knee. <laughs> it hit his knee, yes, but, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I thought Chelsea did really well with 10 men. I know it's not what you want to hear, but I thought they, they had a I great think- shape. Um Tuchel has got that team that Lampard couldn't get to defend. He, he hasn't actually signed any defenders. He just has coached them into being a, into being a good defensive unit. Um, and uh, they, they they didn't really look like conceding. Um, and that'll probably look bad on Liverpool, but they just defended really, really well. Um, and arguably had the better chances to win it with Lukaku who had that kind of Scissor kick type thing. I don't know, it wasn't really a scissor kick, you know what I mean? They were like a high volley. And uh, Kovacic's deflect shot. So, yeah, um, I think Chelsea would be delighted to come away with the point, but um, it um, they probably got more from it than, than, than you guys did because I think it always feels like a bad result to only draw against 10 men for, you know, for 45 minutes. It's, um, it's, for me, it's inexcusable. The, the, the team, the team that we are, the team that the players are available. I, I, I think to not, I could accept coming away with a draw if we had, you know, properly threatened 
and even looked dangerous, but we didn't. We looked toothless. Um, and I guess another performance that if Salah doesn't turn up, then we've got nothing else. Manny looks like Divakarigi. <laughs> uh, we're playing Elliot. I don't know what I don't know what a Jordan Henderson is. Um, I've no idea why. Now, this it's going to sound really harsh, right? Now, Andy Robertson was at fault for the goal. No, no question about it. He doesn't even attack it. It's, it's, I think the goal was a flick on. You know, he's not trying to score like that. I think he's trying to flick on the middle of the box. But whatever, Robertson's got to attack it. My question is, why is Robertson playing? It's like, I could understand if the backup left back was terrible or it was a makeshift left back. You know, we'd been playing Milner. But this was a left back we signed for more money than we signed Robertson for. Who I think, we, I think we all agreed had played quite well the first two games. Mm-hmm. Why? Drop him. Well, I, th- I think, I mean, he pretty much played the team that won the league. Plus, it was Elliot instead of Wijnaldum, more yeah. or less. Uh, and I think it would have been different if Robson hadn't had a pre-season, but he pretty much he pretty much played an entire. He must have played two or three pre-season games and came off injured in the last one, if I'm not yep. mistaken. So it wasn't like a match fitness thing. I think if your best players are available, you should play them. Um, I don't think uh, Simakas was that good defensively in the games he played for you. He was very good. He gave you good options going forward, but I think he wanted someone who could, you know, who could definitely defend against Chelsea and. Robertson usually can, but as you say, he was possibly at fault for the goal. I think that's the, the downside of the zonal mark, and is that it's very sort of unreactive to things like that, where Habert has ran from the penalty spot to the front post, and no one's gone anywhere near him or shut off the space or anything like that. So, um, great head of mind. I, I mean, oh, I, know yeah. you, I, I, I know you said he's flicking it on, but I think he's, I think he's trying to score there. To be quite honest with you, but I don't know what do you, what do you, what do you think, sir? Was it a flick on, or was it a? I I thought it was uh, a great header going for goal myself. I mean, this you never know, do you? I, I, I get the point that you could argue maybe he's trying to flick it on, but personally, well, certainly if I was Havertz, I'd be claiming I meant it anyway because he, he looked like a great header. Oh, you always claim you meant it. Like it's, it's, a, it's a great header. It's one of those. It's just you put it in the danger area and see what happens. Yeah, uh, and it, it's paid off. My my other criticism, and I, I don't know what you guys think as well, but. I think I was I, I, I always wax lyrical about Navigator as well and I think when he's fit you know he's important. So he was fit yesterday and he sat the whole game on the bench. When he he's our, he's our only like driving force from midfield, you know, who wants to get on the ball and not just like pass the ball around. And again, we just didn't use him. We brought on again we brought on Simicus with four minutes to go. <laughs> I think the problem with this was that because Chelsea was sat in their own box basically Kate was never going to have those spaces to burst into, whereas Thiago can pick a pass. So I, I could kind of understand. I mean, possibly should have started, but I think once once it became the game, it became he was he was never going to come on. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it's the it's the starting issue that I that I have, especially for all the the, the super Liverpool fans who reckon our squad's deep enough. Yeah, we've just no attacking options. Like I watch Arsenal spunk two hundred million on crap. And just wish we could have some of that to buy actual hmm. footballers. Not, <laughs> let's, let's not use the same director of football. <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you, what's your take on Curtis Jones? Because for me, he's always he's looking, you know, he's looking pretty good. He hasn't really been around the team so much, and I've seen Villa a bit from today. Is that a, is that a worry, or do you think he'll think will be battered away swiftly? I think it's a worry for Aston Villa. 
<laughs> I think he's the new Harry Wilson, the new Ryan Kent. He's I, I don't rate him. Um, he's not shown me anything to say that he can do it. Like I, I, I watched Harvey Elliott yesterday, and he didn't look out of place. Like he wasn't great. Um, and even in the Burnley game, when did he start? Or did he come on? I think he just came on, didn't he? Um, he, he just hasn't looked out. Not he's done anything great, but he didn't look out of place. Where Curtis Jones is genuinely making a, a name for himself off like a couple of wonder goals in the in the League Cup, but his general play is quite poor. Um, I, I don't think he's a Premier League player. He may be like a, I don't know, like a, a Norwich, uh, maybe even a Watford. You know, like a Premier League team like that. Um, I'd be. I'd be disappointed if I was an Aston Villa fan and I was spending money on him. Put it that way. I I don't think there's any truth to that story. It was in it was in the Daily Mirror. So what are you saying about that credible journalist? I can't see why why we go and spend fifteen million that these quoted fifteen million pounds. Why we'd spend that on a player who's going to block the pathway of Chukwemeka? It's, it's just there's nothing to that at all. I don't think. Do you know how I describe Curtis Jones? And this will make sense to you more than anybody, Simon. You know what opposition fans think Grealish is? Yeah. That's what I think Curtis Jones is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's just like, he, he's a he's a YouTube player. Like, he's or a Vine player, if anybody remembers Vine. Good girl. You know, he's got six seconds of brilliance in him. Um, and then 80, 89 minutes and 54 seconds are absolute garbage. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, he could prove me wrong. He could develop into a, a really good player. I've, I've just not seen it. And to be in with a, a look-in in the squad, like I, I genuinely have players like Henderson and Milner still over him, and, and even Oxley chamberlain who seems to be just a... I don't know what he is anymore either. Um, last question on, on this game before we move on, because it was a quite a, like a non-eventful game. Um, I've just been speaking about it on another podcast as well. Um, but Van Dyke, obviously three games back from injury. Um, for me, he's looked just very comfortable, just never looked out of place. And I thought Lukaku was quite poor yesterday. And was that Lukaku having a poor game? Or do you think Matip and Van Dyke just handled them very well? well Dave, I think it's difficult to judge. Um because they played the whole second half with 10 men, so it just completely changed the dynamic of, of how Chelsea approached that second half. So, I don't know. I, I think I mean, that's, that's a, it's a difficult question to answer. That. Did the Kaka have a poor game or not? Because I, he didn't really have an awful lot that he could really do then in that in that second half. But I, I agree with the point you're making about that since Van Dijk's come back, I mean, it's just it's just that level of calm, it, which it doesn't just bring that to the defence, but it's the whole team because the midfields then knowing that they've got him behind them means that they don't necessarily have to maybe worry as much as they were doing so last season. I agree. He looks extremely comfortable in the first couple of games. I thought Lukaku gave him a few things to worry about early on, but uh, as you say, once. Once it reached half time and the red card happened, it kind of nullified Lukaku as a threat. Yeah, I, I feel it looks like a much more. It's very strange saying that. I, I obviously I'll, I'm biased, but I, I definitely had them down as easily the best defender in the Premier League. And uh, I, I'm not even sure there's an argument to say there's a better defender in the world. But I mean, I'll let anybody have that argument. But 
he just seems to be rather than using you know because he was quick, he's athletic, he's just you know that he's quite gangly because he's so tall and skinny. But he, yesterday and this season, I feel he's not used almost that like the athleticism as much. He's almost dropping that couple of yards deeper, still using the pace, still you know keeping the line high, but just almost like just reading the game a bit more sensibly, you know, not trying any stupid bring downs in the air and just. You know, just knocking a header five yards rather than... Remember he's trying to bring the ball down for like eight foot in the air on his toe and uh-huh. ball over um, before the injury. I don't know, I just feel he's a bit more measured and calculated. I was, uh, I was very, very impressed with him last weekend against Burnley because, you know, playing against Burnley's style of play, when he'd been out of action for more or less a year, uh, he was absolutely faultless. And I think he's been mad up a better player as well, so... A lot to be said having fits and a half, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's see how the long... I mean, Matic, that's three games in a row. There's no doubt he's got an injury coming soon. So, fingers crossed Van Dyke can stay in. We do have a new centre-half. Remember, we did actually sign one player, so um, there, there is always hope. Uh, we'll move on to today's games. Um, we, I mean, we quickly discussed these off-pod, and there's not really much to talk about in terms of football. I mean, Simon, you watched the Burnley-Leeds game. Um Give us, give us any talking points you came across. Um, it wasn't the <laughs> it wasn't the most attractive game of football. Um, I mean Leeds and Leeds had a bit of a niffy start to the season. Um, obviously the the game at Old Trafford the opening day was was just a bit of a mad one and it's an entertaining one against Everton last week. But I mean there, there was. There was zero entertainment in this game today, which I think you can lay that firmly at, at the door of the uh, the Northern Claret and Blues in the Premier League. Um, I think Ross was uh, on Twitter and in the WhatsApp group. And I got the feeling he wasn't happy with, with some of the, the tackling from that Burnley team. Um, they... they I mean, they, you know what you get with Burnley, don't you? It's, it's not going to be pretty. They... And they know their limitations, and they, I think they, they kind of thought the best way to deal with Leeds was to just constantly get into them, like don't let them settle into any rhythm, and and they didn't really. Burnley took the lead with a very scrappy goal, and Leeds got their equaliser with an equally scrappy goal, and yeah, just. I could have thought about there were better ways I could have spent ninety minutes this afternoon than watching that. The irony is a lot lost to me and Ross complaining about Burnley's tackles, yet and when we moan about it, when they did it to Liverpool last week, it was boohoo, get on with it. Um, <laughs> no shock. But, yeah, I mean, Dave, you said you didn't watch it the same as me. I mean, much more to add on Leeds, uh, Leeds and Burnley. I mean, Simon is right. Leeds are kind of going through a bit of a bit of a funk just now compared to the way they were last season. Yeah, I saw a few people on Twitter question if Leeds have lost a spark because the Apparently pretty poor here. Um, considering last season they absolutely, I think they won this fixture four nil. Um, so they haven't they haven't really freshened up the squad at all. They've got the centre backs fit again. Um, yeah. I think they've got a I've got a few injuries as usual. Um, the new left back is it Furbo? Um, not sure he's played yet, but uh, I don't think I'm massively worried about them. But uh, it's not that unusual that a team who come up isn't as good in their second season. Um, what do we think about Patrick Bamford getting the in call? Um, I was quite surprised, to be honest, when you think, you know, Greenwood isn't in. 
And uh, and the Boyings still isn't in. Callum Wilson as well. Does it, I think it's a case of does it matter? Like they're not going to play. Like ultimately, <laughs> I don't. I don't mean it in a hingy, but when it comes yeah. to a major tournament, Harry Kane's going to be the main main striker. Um, Calvert Lewin's going to be the backup because he's almost like a a Kane light as such. You know that type of forward. They're not going to change it to to any other way. I just that's the only the only way I look at it. It's just Southgate's almost just. You know, picking the players to like almost appease the media sort of thing. You know, Bamford probably deserved a call up, not maybe to the Euros, but you know, we, we all mentioned it last year. Obviously, Simon's a little bit biased, but if you're calling up Ollie Watkins and Bamford's outscoring them, like does he not deserve a chance in in a squad at least to be to be seen? But again, are we going to see him really? You'll probably see him against Andorra next uh, next Sunday. I haven't yeah. looked. I I. I'd, uh, Chatting with my mates, he's a, he's a Leeds fan. And I was kind of saying, like, to be fair, it, it is just a case of look, let's just have a little look at him. You know, he, yeah. he, when he, he called Watkins up at the back end of last season, so now he knows at least how he interacts with that England squad, the training, and he knows what the setups now is. So this, we're not playing against particularly great opposition, so why not have a look at him? But I, I do think there are. There are better players ahead of him. You know, you, you mentioned Greenwood, Ings, and I, I'd have Callum Wilson as well. But you know, yeah, yeah. But then, as you say, it doesn't matter because Harry Kane, if he's fit, he's going to be playing, and quite rightly so. So, yeah, and segue on to Harry Kane's team then um, in, the, in the game that we're not even going to discuss because it wasn't on TV. But Spurs with a third one 0 win for the season. Um, Harry Kane obviously coming out now and announcing that. He's staying at Spurs because he's such a loyal good boy, but he wants <laughs> 100 grand a week to sign a new contract. Um, just just a quick one on the Spurs. I mean, 3-1-0 wins under Nuno. Kind of, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you how how well they're playing as such, but Spurs fans seem to be, be okay with it, and obviously they're not kind of in the Nuno way. I mean, how, how, how far can this Spurs team go? It's been... Very, very noonery so far. Um, it's kind of like what we, what we were getting from Wolves at, at a time when they had, you know, Doherty and Jota and, and Jimenez all firing all cylinders. So um, I think the goal today came from a free kick. Um, so they're not exactly free flowing. I think that's only going to get better when when Kane's up to full speed. And now he's staying. Um, it's. Um, I mean, Arsenal must look at this and think, why didn't we appoint Nuno when we had the chance? <laughs> a, a couple of years ago when they were looking at him, like, this is what it could be like. I mean, they haven't considered a goal yet. I don't know they've got three, but when you've got Eric Dyer and, and, and uh, Davinson Sanchez as your two centre-halves, you haven't considered a goal. Nuno must be some sort of magician, that's all I can assume. <laughs> no, fair. Um, last game of the weekend, and probably the biggest talking point that happened in the league for us to cover this week. Uh, let's briefly just finish talk about the football. I didn't watch the game. Man United come away with one win. I led to believe that Wolves actually put up a good fight, and they have done in all three games. Yet they've came away three one nil defeats. Again, not scoring, <laughs> no points. But uh, Mason Greenwood again, who you mentioned earlier, Dave, with the goal, Varane with a clean sheet on his debut. Um, good win for United here. They were, they were, they were awful. Man United, and on, and to be truthful, um, Wolves were. Excellent, you know, do what they always do, which is suck the teams in, hit them on the break with Traore in particular. Um, Trincao on the other side looked, looked pretty decent as well. 
normally when you say teams aren't very good in the final third, for Wolves, they're just not very, they're just not very good in the final sixth. Like, they, get, they, pretty much, they, they, they pretty much get to the goal line and somehow fail to score. Like, there was one point in the day where they, they had a header, from a, I think it was from a corner, which was saved, and the rebound, when the goalie's lying on the floor, was saved again, and you think, you're never going to score a football goal ever again. Like, it was um, unbelievable, really. The, the, the positions they create and sometimes don't even get a shot off is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I don't really know how they fix it because it's not like Jimenez is missing the chances. They're just not. They're just not falling to him. They're falling to a myriad of other idiots who can't score. So <laughs> it's um, and then obviously the goal was. I was like, might even be going wide to be honest, but uh, Wolves just keep it aside. It's, it's just throw a hand at it and put it in the net. So good for him. Yeah, if only we had Rui Patricio last week here, just a wee bit more solid. Um, I mean, Simon, much more to add on the game before we, we go to the, the, I guess, the, the biggest talking point in football, really. Uh, yeah, well, it's the game, yeah, I mean, the Wolves, they kind of, they're almost, the way they start the season, it's almost like that this season is Brighton. In yeah. That, they, do, they seem to be doing everything right. But just they're just not sticking the ball in the back in there. I mean, I, I think they, they said uh, on Sky after the game now that Wolves in the across the three games have had fifty-seven attempts on goal <laughs> and haven't scores. And like you kind of, as you say, yeah, you kind of how how do you fix that as a manager? Because it's if you're not creating chances, that's something that can be worked on. But you're having fifty-seven attempts on goal over three games, and they're not. They're still not sticking it away. There's don't really know what more you can do, but they the, the kind of um, the pundits in on the TV after the game, they all kind of say, you know, if if Wolves keep playing like they have been playing, the goals will come. Like, and, and so it's, I think it'll be a case of they you just said need. That a that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, but, uh, they just need Jimenez. I, th- I think obviously he had so, so long outs. You'd think maybe if he just needs one to like go in off his ass or something, and then and then he, he his confidence will build up and he can go on a run because he 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 was up until he obviously that injury for you know eighteen months two years he'd shown himself to be a very very capable Premier League striker so I think that'll be okay. But the what do you guys make of um the was it a foul by Pogba in the build up to that? I, I mean the one last week on Bruno Fernandez. I didn't think was a foul, uh, so I, I was quite happy for that goal to go ahead and stand. But this one, I, I think Manu have got, well, Manu have got a Man United decision, haven't they? Because Pogba doesn't make any contact with the ball and catches Fernandez with his studs on the uh, uh, never, sorry, with, with his studs on his shin. So I think they were very fortunate with that myself. Yeah, it's a borderline red card for me. It's, it's... You know, he's endangered his opponent. He's straight over the ball on the, on his shin. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I'm very surprised I got away with it, to be honest. But the new, like the new way of applying the law this season is seemingly like nothing's a foul. Like, yes. and, I, and I know it's been it's good in some cases because like the amount of ones that just get waved away now is fine. But you know, it's got to be a happy medium, surely. Yeah, there's got <laughs> a balance in the middle. Um, right, last point then. We'll go to the, obviously, Ronaldo returned from his 12 year loan spell. Um, <laughs> Man United fans, every year he's, he's coming home. But just, I want to take a minute to, to feel for Man United fans about how bad their owners are, Dave. 
I mean, as somebody who her owners like we complain about, Man <laughs> United owners like are terrible to them. Like they never buy them any players, and I mean they finish second in the league, so they're just going to go out and get Rafael Varane. Uh, Jaden Sancho and Cristiano Ronaldo now on £480,000 a week Dave I mean I know did oh, you, I hope you shed a tear for all those fans I know I mean it came out this week we couldn't afford the loan for Axel Tunzevi which is why he's at Villa so I mean <laughs> <laughs> that's different levels for you um, I, I also enjoyed the, the Man United fans who uh, were sticking the boot into Ronaldo on uh, Friday morning was it? yeah he's going to Man City <laughs> and there's just no loyalty in football anymore <laughs> I've taken I enjoyed the ones who burnt the shirt. I thought it was yeah. a... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> great. Or, or, the, or the fan in the city ground on Saturday uh, with uh, Ronaldo on the back of his shirt. <laughs> that, was, um, that was enjoyable as well. Uh, on the Ronaldo deal, right, I mean, we know the player Ronaldo was. We all agree that he's not the same player, hasn't been the same player for a while. What does he do to this Man United team? Does he improve it? Now, they finished second last year, improving it with the player signings they've made, says they finished first. Or do they go below? Um, I, I'll probably get pelts this, but I, I don't think he will improve them that much. Um, I think he'll. Fun, I, yeah. I, I think he will unba- unbalance them, imbalance yep. them, whatever the word is. I think we saw today, like if they play Pogba further back, it. He's useless there. Like he was, he was awful really today. Whereas playing further forward the last few weeks, he's been excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, shadow himself today. Um, I think it doesn't do Greenwood any favors. I don't think it does. You know, Greenwood, Rashford, Sancho. Even Cavani was coming to a game last year. Yeah, and I know. I mean, obviously they've got immense depth, um, but I don't think he is. What they need. I've never looked at Man United and gone, you know what their problem is? They don't score enough tappings. <laughs> like the problem is they're all at the end of the pitch. And Varane is a great signer. He will he will help. Um fundamentally, when you've still got Fred running around in the middle of the park, um, pretty much on his own. And I think he's he's I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as he was when he first turned up. But uh he can't do that job on his own. <laughs> like they can't put Pogba and Fernandez in there with them because that's just you know that's not their game. So it's obviously great. It's a great story. If you're a Man United fan, you'd be delighted to have him back. He'll score plenty of goals because that's what he does. Um, but I don't think he solves other problems at all. No, I agree. Um, Simon, we obviously there's massive talk of Harry Kane going to say, obviously, which has been spoken now, but. Do I'm in the opinion that Ronaldo would have been better suited to City um, right now. What's your thought? City or United would have got the better deal signing Ronaldo? Uh, I, I agree with you. I think he'd have been better off at City. I mean, the days like he'll score plenty of goals at Man U, I'm sure. And I think uh, Bruno Fernandes would be devastated that he's lost half of his goals now because Ronaldo's 100% <laughs> yeah. going to be on penalties. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, he's for he's not what Man U needs to. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if you get a chance to have a player like Ronaldo, even though he's not the player he was, but it'd be difficult to turn it down. But he he won't he won't improve them where they need to be improved. Like the the midfield is still not of the standards that it probably needs to be. 
for them to go on and, and win the league or win a Champions League. Whereas if you look at if he'd have gone to Man City, he's and as he he could go there and literally just play as that box striker, you know, play playing between the lines and the boxes because there's so much midfield talent around him that would provide so many goals. I mean, we we've sort of said in the past that if Harry Kane went to City, he gets thirty thirty five goals a season. And Ronaldo, the way he's so focused and you know one minded about just scoring goals, goals, goals. If he went to City and played every league game, he'd probably get about forty or fifty goals a season. The amount of chances they create. So yeah, I think I think uh, City would have benefited from signing him more than I think United will benefit from signing him. Yeah, it's a it's just a weird one. Four hundred eighty thousand pound a week. Just let that sink in. And I love Jamie Redknapp today. I don't know if any of you have seen the clip where he's calling Gary Neville out on how much he just a few weeks ago that he was trying to like murder the owners and now now they're the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> that was a nice a nice little touch. Um I think that brings us to the end of the weekend then chaps. Um Super Six for yourselves. Have you done next week's, which is all lower league, which is a bit miserable, but we'll do it anyway since there's no there's no football. But how did you get on this week, Abel? Uh, uh, I didn't do very well this week, I don't think. Um, and then I've lost the app. Where's it gone? There it is. Uh, I think I got um, something like two points, which is tremendous. Uh, how do I do this? League, maybe? Uh, yeah, league and then round will give you your points. Round. Yeah, I got, I got a mighty two points, main, main Sai. Um, yep. Bringing up the rear as usual. <laughs> yeah, I, I, only four for myself. Um, Bossman, who's the only other person in the league just now, which is disappointing, uh, was top with six. So it was, wasn't the greatest scoring um, <laughs> scoring round. Dave, you're still top of the league by four points. Um, Simon coming in, in third there. Um, have you done your awful predictions for... For this week, I have. I like this. I like it's been lowered to twenty twenty k as well because well, there's only five fixtures for one, but uh, it's it's like league one and two, isn't it? So. Yeah. So what have you gone in the Wickham Ipswich game? I have gone one one. Uh, so have I. And Simon for yourself. Uh, I've gone two nil Wickham. I've got to just say that all of my predictions are not based on absolutely anything. I've just plucked five random results out. <laughs> yeah. okay, so the same as us every week. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we don't win, Simon. Right, Simon, obviously the Fleetwood winging game was postponed, so what have you gone with MK Dons and Cheltenham? I've gone 2-1 MK Dons. Uh, Dave? I've gone 2-2. And I've gone 2-0 Cheltenham. I have gone 1-0 Shrewsbury in the next game, Dave. Uh, I've gone two one to Accurate and Stanley. And Simon? I've gone one one. Uh Dave, I'll come to you on AFC Wimbledon in Oxford. Uh I've gone uh, three one to Oxford. Ooh. Uh Simon? <laughs> I've gone one nil Wimbledon. <laughs> I've gone two one Oxford. Uh and I have three nil Salford um in the last game. I've got one nil Salford. I've got 2 0 Salford. So we're all the same. Um, Sucks to be Carlisle, don't it? <laughs> pretty much. Um, I'm just going to reiterate again for anybody who has followed along with the Super Six. Some poor bugger 
was on for the £250,000 this week until Newcastle gave away a 96-minute penalty. Um, and James Ward-Prowse. So not only did he not win the 250000 he also didn't finish with the highest points total. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> so he won no money in total. So I assume at roughly two minutes to five, he was at the highest point of his life, about to win a quarter of a million pound. And then by five o'clock, it was all gone, and he doesn't even get the token five thousand pound. Um, <laughs> yeah, God. Uh, uh, I thought it was rough giving away two points, but no. <laughs> imagine he was a Newcastle fan at the same time, Dave. So he's got to deal with Steve Bruce, give his away the penalty, <laughs> and he loses out on the money. Um, That's a rough two minutes. Oh, the guy's okay. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody put feelers out and find them um, right gentlemen that brings us to the end uh, Dave if you want to let everybody know where they can find you and what you're working on uh, so you can find me on twitter at cm9798 uh, the website is cm9798.co.uk we've got uh, daily blogs on that website about Old Trump Man or you can find me on twitch on Thursday night talking about FPL with Tony Jameson's Thursday night football and Simon for yourself uh, yeah, on Twitter at Sire Regan and for any Villa fans the Holtcast podcast yeah and you can find me at Ali Thompson 84 you can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms um, anyway you can find us a podcast you will find us all the issues seem to have been solved so I'm hoping as you're listening to this it is Monday morning or whenever you're you're listening. Um, I was on the EPL roundtable tonight talking about Liverpool and uh, this weekend's fixtures as well. So once you listen to us here, go and have a listen over there and obviously, obviously what Dave and Simon is doing as well. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on. Um, there won't be a review show next week, but I think the boss man's going to come in and host a special, a wee special show with you. I will be uh-huh. away. So. I hope it's soccer aid related because soccer is on next weekend. Or the MLS as it's also known, but this is the actual soccer aid. <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually at Wembley next Sunday, so I won't be around for that unfortunately. Look at this, eh? Half- well, got, is soccer aid at Wembley or is England playing on some? No, the uh, the uh, England Andorra game. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna go um, and watch have well, to, watch you Patrick are. Bamford score his first <laughs> goal for England. You watch are. Jack Grealish in an England shirt. You are spoiling yourself with that, aren't you? <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, well, I'll be down south as well, chaps, because I'm watching my daughter either get battered or batter somebody else. Um, so, always going to be fun. So, <laughs> there will be a show out with you next Monday, whatever Ross and Dave end up doing. Um, we might even try and sneak it. Is it a two-week international break? Or no, it's... Well, I mean, it, it goes on. It, it, it feels like it goes on forever, but I think there's only like one weekend. It's not Premier League football. So we, yeah. So we'll be back with your normal review show then in two weeks. Um, but yeah, thank you very much to Dave and Simon for joining me. Thank you, thank you. Thank you at home for listening, and always remember, keep your man in the post. <laughs>